All right. Praise the Lord. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We um, are extremely excited for all of the Lord's blessings. They're new every day. He keeps doing great things. We are so glad for um, those who are uh, joining and who are listening in. You've been following along um, with these uh, Bible lessons. I pray that they have been a help to you and that you're finding opportunities um, to not just further your understanding of the Lord, but you're also finding opportunities to share your faith. The prayer and the uh, intent is, is that these Bible study lessons will um, help you become more familiar with the Lord that you serve, but also also to help you um, feel empowered and encouraged to actually take the word out and to share the word. Amen. Because we don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. We want to make sure that we are, whenever possible, that we are sharing the word of the Lord. We want to make sure that that's something that we um, that we're doing on a regular on a regular basis. So, brothers and sisters, it, don't neglect to do that. That part is extremely important. Okay, this faith, this wonderful faith that we have, is not meant for us to just hold to ourselves. Well, brothers and sisters, um, again, thank you for joining. Now, we're going to go ahead and continue in our Bible study lesson that we have uh, embarked on. The lesson that we are dealing with, um, for those of you who might be new to listening um, to this, is um, we are working in our series um, entitled Addendums to Our Life's Story. And uh, you can go back. There are uh, many lessons in that. Um, the, uh, the first phase of that um, consisted of about 11 lessons. And we are now in the second phase of this. And uh, we are in lesson number six. So praise the Lord. This has been a has been just an awesome series. And when we started, it didn't know it was gonna um, take the path that it did. But I, I I don't know about you, but I praise the Lord that He's you know um, just given us so much to, word to feast on and um, throughout the entirety of this lesson. Um, now, as our text um, has been. Um, we are working from the book of Jeremiah. We are in chapter 36. Okay. The first phase went through verses one through seven. Okay. Now we're wrapping things up as we are in the second phase. All right. As we are in the second phase and we are in our lesson number um, six. Amen. We're in lesson six um, of the second phase of addendums to uh, our life's story. And on last week, uh, we covered some very um, interesting, um, some interesting things here as far as where, uh, where we are. Now, let me just give you a few scriptures here to kind of bring you up to, um, <clears throat> to bring you up to, up to speed, because where we are now is we're in verse 18. Okay, so I'm going to start just for a little bit of uh, context purposes. I'm going to start at verse 15. All right. Uh, and they said unto him, sit down now and read in our ears. So Baruch read it in their ears. Now it came to pass when they had heard all the words, they were afraid, both one and other, and said unto Baruch or Baruch, um, depending on how you want to pronounce that, we will surely tell the king all 
these words. Okay, that's verse 16. Now let's look at 17. And they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us now, how, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? Okay, and 18. Then Baruch answered them, he pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth, and I wrote them with ink in the book. Amen. I wrote them with ink um, in, in, in the book. All right. Now, let's get 19 and 20. Then said the princess unto Barak, go hide thee, thou and Jeremiah, and let no man know where ye be. And when, and they went into the king, into the court. But they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elishama, the scribe, and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king sent Jehudi, okay, or Jehudi, to fetch the roll. And he took it out of Elishama, the scribe's chamber, and Jehudi read it in the ears of the king and in all the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. All right. Now, that's verse 21. This is where we end it, okay? As a kind of a recap, what's happening here? Now, Jeremiah is in prison. We are dealing with the um, with the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom has already gone into captivity, Assyrian captivity, and now the uh, the children of Judah, the southern kingdom, um, has is um, is now making its way. It is progressing um, rapidly down the road of towards Babylonian captivity. Now, Jeremiah, as I told you, was in prison. And Jeremiah was in prison for the purpose of sticking to what the Lord told him to say. Now, I know what some of you may be thinking when you when you, you hear that. What why why would that have been a problem? Um, isn't that what he's supposed to do? Well, the answer is is if that is a question for you who may be new, yes. That is exactly what he's supposed to do. When the Lord gives you instruction, tells you to do something, it, it, the, the best thing that you can do is carry out the instruction of God exactly the way God gave it to you. Please, ma'am, please, sir, don't be that person that wants to innovate and wants to somehow improve upon what God has done. Listen, God's word is not broken and he does not need me or you or anyone else to fix it. What God needs is obedience. Okay. Too many people find themselves off course in their walk with God. Why? Because they're trying to improve upon perfection. You're trying to fix what is not broken. God gave you instruction. He knows what he wants you to do and he intends for you to do it. And the thing is, is, is that you have to understand why it's so important to follow things God's way. The reason why brothers and sisters, family of God, friends, acquaintance, strangers, whoever you may be, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, the reason why it is important and imperative, really, that you and I do it just the way that God wants us to do it is because the Lord said, listen, his ways are not our ways on his thoughts are not our thoughts. God very early in the scripture, amen, in, in, the, it, in the Bible, um, at least in our arrangement, um, 
made it very plain to us that we really can't compare ourselves to the Lord. His way is totally different and totally other. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, the word of God calls it, says the Lord's way is strange to us, calls it a strange way. That's how different God's way is, his thinking, his action, his, his, the way he carries things out. It, it, it's so different. It's so other. It's so unique that the word of God, the prophet said it was a strange way. Glory to God. Glory to God. And, 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 and so, but with that, the reason it's important is because God's way is not only different from ours, but it's holy. Do you understand that? It is holy. Now, I want that to sink in for just a moment. God's way is not only different, but it is holy. Our way tends to be unholy. Our way, because it's so different. It's always off. Even if it's just by a little bit, it doesn't matter. Do you understand? If you off just a little bit when it comes to God, you might as well be off by miles and miles and miles. Off is off. Do you understand that? Wrong is wrong. And so because of that, when God gives you instruction on how to do something, he is in essence telling you what he likes. So when God takes the time to specify specific instructions on how to do something, it is in your and my best interest to carry it out exactly the way that he has got it. Why? Because the way he gave it is the only way he's going to accept it. I hope that makes sense. I hope that that makes sense. That's why it's really dangerous when we start, you know, just start going all off road when it comes to doing what God tells us to do. Listen, he doesn't need you to do that. God didn't ask you to listen that God, listen, that God makes room for your creativity, your spiritual creativity and innovativeness and, and, and your, your inventiveness. And here's the thing. And case in point is actually in our scripture here in uh, or in our text, in our chapter. Jeremiah is in prison, but he's in prison for holding to the word of God. Well, I told you that, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem, but it was a problem. Why? Because God will listen, because people don't always like what God have to say. And that's what happened. Jeremiah had to tell the people that, guess what? You have gone way too far. God has given you way too many chances and you're not getting out of this, uh, this, this trouble that, that you've got coming your way. There is no way that you are going to escape Babylonian captivity. However, if you will surrender and not fight and you will yield and go into this captivity and deal with this, God says he will end this cause you to prosper even within this captivity. Well, guess what? They didn't want to hear none of that. <laughs> they didn't want to hear any of that. No, they wanted to, they didn't want to hear a version of success that was the culmination that had to deal with them surrendering to the enemy and so on and so forth. No, they wanted to continue to go and try to court Egypt and other lands and whoever it was in order to rescue them and help them fight and do away with Babylon and so on and so forth. But that was not to be. God had already spoken against it. Listen here, brothers and sisters. What are you trying to carry forward that God has already spoken against? Because I'm here to remind you, to help you see that the longer you continue down this fruitless path 
where you are trying to achieve the thing that God has already spoken against in your life. You have to understand if you have things in your life that don't line up to the word, God has spoken against those things. The longer you waste your time trying to carry those things forward, trying to operate in those things, the more time and the more, the more time you are wasting and the more miserable you are going to be because you have to understand it's not going to go well with you. And if by chance, God gets tired of you pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for the very thing that he's told you no to so much so that he allows you to just go ahead and do it. That friend is not going to end well. You don't want God to get so exhausted of your insistence on doing things your way that he says, you know what? You go ahead and do what you're going to do. You don't want that. I, it, you, it seems like it does, but, 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 but listen, ma'am, sir, your plan, guess what? It's still not better than God's. God's plan is still the best plan. It's the only plan and it's the one that works. And when God gives you instruction, follow it, follow it. If you got some concerns and some things about it, talk to God about it. He says, come, let us reason together. Now, guess what? It's still going to go God's way. I want you to know that even though God allows you to come and reason with him, to talk with him, it, it's listen, God, God don't have tutors. God don't have counselors and God don't, God's not going to undo what he's already set in stone. Do you understand that? So it's going to go God's way, but God is considerate enough to know, considerate of you enough to, uh, to allow you when you need it. Provided that you're not walking in doubt, but you really just need some some clarity to come before him and talk about it. And what God does, what I found that happens in that scenario is, is that when you come and reason with the Lord, even though it's going to go the way God said it's going to go, God takes the time to help you get your head screwed on straight, to help explain some things and bring you a level of clarity and a level of peace so that you understand. Do you understand? And, and I hope that you understand what I'm trying to convey to you. You got to do it God's way. Jeremiah did it God's way and the people didn't like it. They didn't want to hear that message. They wanted a message that resulted in, um, hey, we're going to conquer uh, Babylon and so on and so forth. Okay. That's what they, that's what they wanted. So Jeremiah was in prison <clears throat> because of this. And while he was in prison, if you go back to verses one, go read through verses one through seven, we won't do that. But just so you'll understand in verses one through seven, Jeremiah is given a specific, he's given a message and he's told to do something. Jeremiah, what you discover in the course of reading verses one through seven is, is that Jeremiah calls in Baruch, okay? And, or Baruch. And, and he tasks Baruch to write down the word. So everything that the Lord had given Jeremiah, Jeremiah gave it to, ba to, to, to Baruch. He gave him exp explicit and specific instructions. And he told him what to do and what to write and where to go. So this is what I mean where God, when I said God makes room for creative, for, for you to use your creative ingenuity. See, God came and gave Jeremiah, with, and I want you to understand, Jeremiah is in prison. 
God did not come to Jeremiah with a word of deliverance. He didn't come to Jeremiah with a word concerning his situation. Sometimes we get caught up because we're like, Lord, do you see what I'm going through? Do you see what I'm doing? And when God show up, he don't show up with a word to your immediate situation. What he does is that he shows up with an assignment for you. And that's a hard thing to do and a hard thing to understand, especially when you are a child of God, because we oftentimes go through things or will experience things. And the things that we are experiencing are a result of, of, of sticking to our guns, so to speak, or standing our ground when it comes to standing on the word of God. We're not compromising. We're staying. Well, guess what? The world don't like that. And so the world will ostracize you and throw you on the outside and, 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 and do all of these different things against you. Though that's the world. Listen, the world going to do what the world do. You're not going to stop that family. You're not going to stop that friend. The world is going to be the world. They're going to do what they are going to do. And listen, and either you are running with them or you are running against them. And last time I checked, if you're going to run with Jesus, you can't run with the world. So those of you who think that that you're going to do that or you're trying to pull that off, let me tell you what you're doing. All you're doing is neatly making your bed for hell because you can't love the world and love God. You can't serve two masters. And you who got one foot in the church and another foot in the world and you thinking that you somehow going to walk this line and it's going to work. Listen, you're about to get played. You're about to catch fire. You don't understand. And not in a good way. You got to stop bringing God this trash and thinking that he's going to accept existence. Some of us haven't got the, got the mindset wrong. We think God is somehow hard up for worshipers. That he that he's he somehow in a deficit when it comes to people who will worship him. So he'll take just anything. Man, you better think again. God is holy. And they that worship the Lord, they're going to have to do it in spirit and in truth. Don't listen. Don't listen. Don't start thinking God needs you more than what he actually needs you. No, you need to understand something. God wants you. It ain't that he needs you. He's chosen you, but he don't have to. My Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God chooses to deal with you. He doesn't have to deal with you. So you got to stop trying to give God all this, all, all this trash. Service according to I, me, and my. That, listen, that's going to, listen, all that's going to do is land you in hell. You're going to be in a front row seat. You're going to be sitting right next to the devil, burning up. Because I'm going to tell you right now, ain't going to be no, hey, listen, the world got it all wrong. Ain't going to be no party in, no, in hell. Ain't going to be none of that. Ain't nobody going to be eating cornflakes and, and, and singing Kumbaya and, and having and, 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 a, and, a, and a disco globe going to come down and everybody going to be part, partying and the devil and the devil going to be a king, going to be the king down there. Let me tell you something. The devil ain't the king in hell. He listen, man, <laughs> man there ain't no there's listen. There ain't no such thing as just there, listen. The devil is not equal to God. He is a created being with a determined end. And you best believe he's going to get that end. And if you ain't careful, you're going to get the same end. And that's what we're trying to, we're trying to help you avoid. We don't want you to meet that same end. You understand? 
when the curtain is unveiled on, 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 on hell, you need to understand something. Devil ain't gonna be up in hell, you know what I'm saying, with it with his own, with his own suite and, <laughs> and you know, in a hotel and a and a and a, and a castle up. Man, he's gonna be burning just like you. Churning, yearning, and burning. That's all that's gonna be. Listen, brother, sister, don't let that be you. Don't you be the devil's fool and buy into his lies and thinking that you somehow gonna beat the odds and it's gonna work out for you. Listen, God wants holiness, without which no man shall see God. You're not going to see him. You're not going to see him. All the while you trying to serve God, with, you know, according to I, me, and I. No, that ain't working, family. Friend, that ain't working. That's not going to work. You are not going to make it that way. You're not. It is God's way or no way. You can't be saved the way you want to. And according to your understanding, you got to do it the way the Bible has it laid out. God didn't ask you to reinterpret and, and, and take your degrees and your different things. And you're like, well, what this actually really means? No, no, no. Let me tell you what it actually means. It actually means that you and I, it's in our best interest to do it the way that he has it laid out. And don't get smarter than the average bear and start trying to come up with stuff. You just don't do it. Listen, don't do it. Just let it be the way God has it. So Jeremiah, you know, couldn't do it. And guess what he did? He pulled in Baruch. And he tasked Baruch and gave Baruch the assignment to take those words. That's just, this is what I mean when I say that God allows for spiritual creativity. Jeremiah was in prison and he couldn't do it. So what did Jeremiah did do? He used his creative ingenuity. The word didn't say that the Lord told him to get Baruch and do that. That ain't what he did. The Lord told Jeremiah to do it. But Jeremiah was in the prison and Jeremiah said, behold, I am shut up and I cannot go. So he brought in Baruch. OK, and Baruch or Baruch, he brought him in and and and, and this Baruch, he wrote down all the words and he went into the to the to the synagogues and to the place. He went and carried it out. Jeremiah used some spiritual ingenuity and said, let me get a man, you know, what I'm saying that's going that that's going to be obedient, that's going to be faithful, that's going to do the right thing. And let me use the resources that are of that are available to me. Brothers and sisters, are you listen? If you are in a position of leadership, are you making use of the of of the resources that God has given to you, or are or 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 have you descended to this thing becoming a one man show? Every service, every Sunday is about you. Every whatever else it is, man. Listen, let me tell you something. Leave the spotlight on God and stop trying to share His glory, because all you're going to do in the end is is look ridiculous. The light is the reason why the light is better served to shine on the Lord and not us. The only light you want on you is the light that he shine on you. Do you understand that? Because when he shine the light on you, when he does, when the Lord is doing it, then guess what? He going to cover and, sh and, 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 and cover up all your faults and your failures. But if you take God's spotlight and you start trying to put that on yourself or whatnot, man, listen, it is all it's going to do is reveal not just your good side, but it's going to reveal your bad side. See, God don't have no bad side. So he come out looking perfect all the time. This is why God is better suited for it. This is why don't be trying to take God's glory. Don't try to do that, ma'am, sir. Now, so when we get all the way from here, so Jeremiah, Baruch takes it and he gives the word. Now, when we progress all the way through to where we are in the text, Baruch has gone and has been obedient. He's done what he was supposed to do taking the word and what has happened as a result of giving the word in, 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 in specifically according to the way that Jeremiah had instructed him, which was specifically according to the way that the Lord had instructed Jeremiah. 
So as a result of giving God's word the way God intended, what ended up happening was, was that Jeremiah is that Baruch gained an access to various government officials or scribes at that time. This is what happened. Amen. They, 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 they gained access or Jer or Baruch gained access. He took the word and he gave it just the way he was supposed to. He did not change anything and he did not fix anything. And as a result of doing that, the word made its way into the ears of all those people. Amen. Hope you're listening and understanding. It made it to all these other government officials. And as you progress, when we get through this, this little phase, as we're going through um, from starting really from verses eight, all the way to verse 21, which is where, uh, which is where we are. When you progress through that aspect, okay, then you, 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 we progress through a phase where Baruch, okay, is, is, has been, has gained audience with these different officials and, amen, in addition to that, the word of God is making its way to these to these different individuals. Now, now it's important to remember, okay, Baruch initially went and gave it only where he was supposed to. But as a result, God is the one that opened the doors for, amen, the word of God to make it to other individuals. Now, the Bible teaches that a man's gift will make room for him and seat him among kings and princes. Jesus said, if he is lifted up, he told us that he would draw all men unto him. Amen. And listen, the Bible says that God added to the church daily such as should be saved. Brothers and sisters, God has not tasked you or me with having to figure out all the details in order to grow the kingdom of God. He didn't ask you to do that. The thing that God asked you to do is to be faithful to your calling. What is the gifting that God has given you? All right. What is, and what is the calling that surrounds the gifting that he has given you? Now, I can tell you on a nut in, in, in a nutshell, without knowing what your specific gifting is, you do have an assignment. If you are on the Lord's side and that assignment, that first assignment that we all have is, is that we are to be witnesses. So if nothing else, even if here you listening and you say, Brother Walker, I don't know what my gifting or my talents or is that or what it is that I can do for the Lord. Well, there is actually be that as it may, you may not know what some of your more nuanced or unique gifts giftings as outlined in the scripture. You may not know those particular things as of yet. But you but 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 ma'am, sir, you need not let that stop you or discourage you thinking that, oh, you know what, there's no way for me to do anything for the Lord unless I know what specifically my gifting is. That's ridiculous. That's not, that's nonsense. God gave you a way and gave me a way to get started for him right away. See, when you receive the Holy Ghost, amen, you, you receive power to be a witness. 
you became a witness of all that the Lord would have us know. All that is God, all that pertain, all the way of God and all that God has done. Because you have the Holy Ghost, now you got the, now again, if you don't know how to get the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 2, start at verse 36, start reading through verse 30, listen, you can even start reading Acts chapter 1, listen, God gives the Holy Ghost, okay? And, and, and when you get the Holy Ghost, you'll know that you got the Holy Ghost, okay? That that won't be something that you have to guess. And no, it won't be. Uh, it, listen, and yes, while having the Holy Ghost makes you feel good, that is not the sign that you have the Holy Ghost. Yes, it's going to burn like fire and move like lightning probably and all that other kind of stuff. But man, <laughs> sir, that is not the sign that you have the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes, and more. Yes, you're going to feel good. Sometimes you're going to get the goosebumps and the I can't help it. And the and you know and every and you know what i i get it i get it i get it but that's not the sign follow the word look for it only look for listen don't take knockoffs hear what i tell you don't take no knockoff you want the general article the genuine our article what he did back then he doing it today he's still giving folks the same the giving folks the holy ghost you got to want the holy ghost first and foremost this is what he tried to tell you in the book of Luke, that the father, they, 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 listen, he tried to tell us, listen, that guess what? In the gospels, he told us that the father would not refuse that gift to anyone that asked. He wanted you to know that it's a gift from the start. And if you want it, you can have it. You can have it. Amen. You absolutely can have it, but you cannot have the Holy Ghost and you cannot receive the Holy Ghost on your terms. That don't work like that. You got to follow the process. God have a way that is specified, that's lined up in order in which he will give that out. Now you follow that, you'll get the, you, you will get that. So amen, amen. But God has given you, and assuming that you are in the, you, you are in the family of God because you've been obedient to that. Listen, God has made you a witness. And so your task, you don't have to wait before you realize, oh, I'm called to be a this. I'm called to be a that. I'm, no, no, ma'am, sir. You don't need to do all that. You're called to be a witness. And so he's already given you permission and he's already given you an enablement to be an witness. Because as long as you got the Holy Ghost, the witness is in you. And all you got to do is let the witness talk. You understand? That's That, that literally is all that you have to do. Share your faith is what I'm talking about. We want to make this plain so that anybody who listens to this can understand this. Share your faith. Don't be afraid to talk about the goodness of God. Don't shy away from telling people about what God did for you. Listen, start talking about your story, but then bring in God's story because the power is not in your testimony about the aspects of your testimony that have to do with you. The power is in the testimony that has to do with Jesus Christ. You need to understand it's not your story that's going to save nobody. It's always the gospel that's going to save because it is the power of God unto salvation. That's what the book of Romans tells us. Glory to God. Glory to God. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Listen, I, some of you have some incredible stories, life stories. And, and the Lord has brought you a long way, but, but, but listen up. And listen to this one well. Don't overvalue your story. 
to the point where you start thinking that your step, the success that comes as a result of sharing your story is because of your story. Now, I ain't got no, 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 no. The result, the blessing comes from the Lord's story. Do you understand? See, if your story is not laced and overlaid with his story, then your story is just another story. No power, nothing. Unable to rescue and deliver anybody. But your testimony is made impactful by the completed work of Jesus Christ and what he did in your life. So don't be going around taking glory and credit. Give that over to the Lord. Amen. 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 So he gives the word Baruch, Baruch, the way the Lord tell the way he's instructed, the way the Lord would have it. And then it gets him an audience with other people. Now, all you got to do is do it God's way and God will bring, God will take the word where it needs to be. You listen, this is not your ministry. It's God's ministry. It's not about building your name, your brand, your label, your, no, no. Stop acting like the world. That's what the world does. That stuff belongs in the arena of you trying to build a career, so to speak. That, that's what you do when you build a career. You build your brand, your name. Your, that's for that. That's worldly. God's way doesn't operate. The kingdom doesn't operate like that. Okay? So don't bring in those worldly elements, those things. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. You're not building anything. It's what God's trying to build through you. God is allowing you and me to partner with him. And it's not, it's not about us, okay? It's not about us. On any given day, it could be somebody else of God's choosing. So be grateful that God thought enough of you to let you be a part of what he's doing. And my goodness, he's doing a great work. He's doing, he's doing a great work. And perhaps, you know, and I feel I need to say this because I know I want to move on, but I feel I need to say this because I might as well bring this, this, this full circle. May as well go ahead and bring this full circle. Even if, amen, you may be doing what you're supposed to do. And, and at times it starts to feel a little, little thankless. Um, and you start to feel a way about, about continuing to do what you've been doing. Remember that everything that we do has to be as unto the Lord. The moment you and I take our eyes off of why we truly do whatever it is, and let's say we, and, and we allow ourselves to get lost in the sauce, so to speak, then the enemy is going to make sure to do all that he can to manipulate your emotions. You understand that? Because the more he can get you and I caught up in ourselves, then the more ineffective we become because we begin to stagnate. See, the more that I'm focused on me, the less I'm focused on the Lord Jesus Christ and the task at hand. Do you understand? And, and the enemy knows and, 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 and enjoys getting us off course. When we get our eyes off of the Lord, why we do what we do. You have to keep that 
in your mind. Because the people that we serve, the people that we interact with, as we are carrying out the Lord's will, will oftentimes give you <laughs> no reason to continue to do right by them. They will lie. They will cheat. They will steal. They will be perverse. They will be bitter. They will be jealous. They will be spiteful. And any other thing that you can name a name. They are subject to be any at any given moment, any of those things. And some of the worst offenders, all of those things, perhaps. But you got to remember something. Such were some of you. That's what the Bible says. Such were some of us. We used to be those things. And we got to remember that we're doing this for the Lord. Because why? We're grateful that he had mercy on you and me in spite of the foolishness that I brought to the table. And now you're working for the Lord and you're dealing with people and you're not bringing that foolishness, but now you're dealing with other people or who are bringing the foolishness and you getting tired and exhausted or whatever. And you're like, man, watch it. Well, guess what? Congratulations. That's what the Lord dealt with when he was dealing with you and when he was dealing with me. So let's not be weary and well-doing and let's keep going in the name of the Lord and let's see what the end is going to be because I guarantee you it's going, man, this, this is one for the, this is one for the record books. This, this, this doing it God's way. You don't want to miss the end. You don't want to miss how this turns out. Amen. You do not want to miss how this turns out. Nevertheless, Jer Jeremiah is, is, um, has given Baruch the task and Baruch now gained an audience with the, um, with the king um, or with the uh, king's officials, if you will. Now the king's officials, the word of God teaches us that, that when they heard it, they, they, they got the, this first set of officials, they got afraid. Okay. They got afraid. And so they said that they're going to go ahead and take this word and they're going to take it over and they're going to take it to the king. But they, but they told, they told Baruch to, to you and Jeremiah, you go ahead and hide. And they did that because they knew the king at this time, who is Jehoiakim, this dude is awful. And I mean, Jehoiakim is something else. This man, I, oh man, this, this is, this is, he is not, a, he was not a good king. He was not a good person. I, you're getting ready to see. <laughs> you're getting ready to see as we, as we move forward. But this dude, man, I'm telling you, man, he was something ridiculous. And so, and so they tell Baruch, first of all, they want to know, Baruch, how did you even get this word? And I told you, verse number <laughs> 17, and they asked Baruch saying, tell us how, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? And I told you, verse 18 is one of the purest and simplest simplest examples in the scripture of humility and where we should be. So they asked Barak, where you get all this? Where you get these words? Where does this come from? And if you look at verse 18, Barak literally says this, 
Then Barak answered them and answered them. He pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth, and I wrote them with ink in a book. Now, listen, if that ain't the most simple <laughs> answer <laughs> that you have to find in the scripture, notice Barak, and I told you this last week, what Barak did not do was that he did not take occasion to try to build his own name or build his own fame. He didn't try to do any of that. Barak did not take this opportunity to attempt to try to build himself up and put himself on a pedestal. He did not overestimate his involvement in the entire process he could have stolen the thunder the credit the glory and all that kind of stuff he had an opportunity to, to do that and some of you who will listen to this you're blowing it because you're missing your opportunities to be humble because instead you're choosing to, to indulge the flesh the part of you that wants to be seen as this great and this awesome and this wonderful thing but listen in God's kingdom, the way to go up is you got to go down. God refuses the proud. But that grace, he gives that to the humble. Barak kept it all the way simple. He said, and let me just paraphrase it. Barak basically said this. They asked him, Barak, how you get all this? Where you where this where this come from? Barak said, Oh. Jeremiah spoke words with his mouth, and I wrote it down. <laughs> I, I wrote it down with, with ink in a book. I just, you know, he 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 look, he spoke it with his mouth. That's what he said. He pronounced words. <laughs> look at verse look at verse look at verse 18 he pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth that is so he, he didn't take credit or thunder or glory or any of that but what he did was was that he told the truth and he didn't try to build himself up and guess what it was when he stayed humble look at the very next verse 20 and they went um, and listen and they went in unto into the king into the court but they laid up the roll in the chamber of elishama the scribe and told all the words in the ears of the king now notice what happened baruch didn't try to build his own audience he just simply gave it to where he was supposed to. And as a result of obedience and humility, this word made its way to the king. When you walk the way God calls you to walk and wants us to walk, and you are humble and small before the Lord, the Lord will put you where you need to be. And he will cause those that need to hear you to hear you. Those that need to see you, they will see you. The worst thing that you can do is to try to build this thing on your own. Listen, I know that some of you have great ambition when it comes to doing work for the Lord. You want to see the Lord's kingdom. You want, you know, come to fruition. You want, you want everything. You want this to work. You want the Lord to be pleased. And I want to tell you that the Lord honors that. The Lord knows that. And he loves that you want to do that. 
but you are dishonoring God when you start going so far as to leaving him out of the planning and you start running all the plays and coming up with your own strategies in order to bring it out. Listen, your gifts and talents and abilities, they came from the Lord. You need the Lord in order to be successful. God didn't give you a task. If God has given you a task and assignment, trust me, he did not give it to you with the purpose of leaving you, leaving it all on you. No, the Lord is there to be a part. You should be partnering with the Lord. Do you understand that? I hope that you get that. I hope that you under, I hope you understand that. You got to let God, listen, you got to let God do what he's going to do. It's okay for you to have spiritual ideas and things, but listen, start running them by the Lord. Start getting God in the conversation and listen. And before you move out on anything, before you action on anything, wait on God, wait on God. Because you need him. You are going to need his strength. You are going to need his protection. You are going to need his guidance. You're going to need him. And listen, the last time I checked, we can't get that by going off road. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Family, there's no way for this thing to work with you running all the plays. No, you can't run your plays. You got to do it God's way. I got to do it God's way. So Barak takes a very, very humble approach. And he just, and he, man, he doesn't, he doesn't build his reputation, his kingdom, or he doesn't do none of that. He just put it right there. In, and he didn't overestimate what his involvement was. Jeremiah, he spoke with words and I wrote it down with, 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 with ink. Let me tell somebody something real, really quick. I know it just seemed like this stuff is just popping out all over the place, but, you know, but, but, but God got something to say. You got to get out your own way with your own assessment of the abilities and the talents that God gave you. It's not about what you think. You might feel like you can't do it. You might feel like you're not up to the task, but if God called you, God equipped you and God's going to help you if you will let him do his thing and you not trying to do the thing for him. You understand? It is a partnership, family. You got to work with the Lord. See, working on behalf of the Lord in this kingdom literally means working with the Lord. Working on behalf of the Lord doesn't actually mean you're doing a whole bunch of stuff on your own for him. No. God, listen, because your ways are not God's ways and we are and, and, and we are, you know, what I'm saying and all our righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord. You have to understand the Lord has a very keen interest in how the thing that he tells you to do gets done. This is why he gives us specific instructions on what to do. He's letting you do it, but he wants you to do it his way. Why? Because if you do what he wants you to do, but you do it your way, he's going to reject it. 
That's I, 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 we can't make this up. And hopefully this is 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 simple. Don't let the enemy talk you into thinking that you that you know you don't have nothing to offer. And that you can't do nothing. You know what? That that your gifting is so minuscule. And listen, it don't matter how small your part is. If God gave you a part, play your part. Play your part for his glory. It don't matter how small it is. Baruch didn't have a big part. He just, listen, he didn't overestimate. Listen, no. He wrote it with words. He spoke it with words and I, out of his mouth and I wrote it down. Man, that's humility like times 1,000. And I would that we all walk in that level of humility. Where we don't hide and conceal and we don't over sell ourselves to make ourselves look bigger and 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 brighter than everything else because we don't want people to see how small our part was that's just your own mind thinking that it's small and the reason why you think it's small is because you're comparing what you have been tasked with doing to what God has tasked somebody else to, to do. But you got to stay in your own swim lane. You can't go into somebody else's lane and be blessed. You're going to only be blessed when you stay where God put you. And you got to let him work. You got to let him work. Don't be discouraged. Comparing yourself to somebody else. Ah, that's nonsense. You don't need all that. God made you just the way you're supposed to be and gave you the task that was, listen, that was fitting for the capability that he put in you. In other words, if God gave it to you, he's already decided that you were up for the task. You know why he didn't give you that other stuff? Because you ain't up for that task. So stay out of that. Amen. Amen. Now watch this. So Baruch does all of this and he takes, they, and, and they take the word. They said, you need to go high. And he does. He, they, they go and hide because they know that Jehoiakim, the king is pretty ridiculous. And if the king gets access to them, the king is going, you know, it is no telling what, what's going to happen. Jeremiah already in prison. So, so you can imagine what's getting ready to happen. He's already been in confinement, if you will. And now when they take these words, Look at verse number 21. So the kings, so verse 20 says, but they lay, and I'm, um, he says, and they went into the king, into the court, but they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elishama, the scribe, and told all the words in the ear, ears of the king. Now, first thing, mistake is, is this. They took the word and they put it up, okay? They went in, they, 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 they put the word in the room, in the scribe's room. They went and put the word up. And then they went to the king. And they went to the king and they gave him all the words. Now, here's the thing with that. And I told you a little bit about this last week. And I'm going to say and I'm going to say it again. Instead of taking the word as it was. They went and gave the words without having the word. So which means that they actually had to rely on their on the best of their own ability and recollection. See, the word was plain. It was already written. Baruch had written it down in a book. 
everything that the Lord said. And if you wanted to know exactly what it was verbatim, the best thing to do would have been to have the book. But what did they do? They went and put the word and they hid the word or put the word up and they decided to, to go on their own ability. And I want to segue and tell somebody something here. See, some of you are unsuccessful when it comes to the way of God because you're not relying on the scripture. You're relying on your own ability. You done took the word of God and you done put it up in a room somewhere. And now you're forced to rely on your own ability to recount what's going on. You are trying to accomplish spiritual things with natural means and ways. And you don't understand what was given by the spirit can only be understood by the spirit. You need God from the start of this thing. You need him in the middle of this thing. And if you're going to end this thing up, it's going to be the Lord Jesus Christ that takes you to it. And you got to understand something. You're not going to be your most effective doing things your own way, leaving the word on the sideline. You got to dust that thing off. You got to put it back in rotation and you got to go with what the Lord said. It don't mean that everybody's going to like it and perhaps some people going to have a problem with it. But I'm telling you this, there ain't nothing like the word of God. There's no power like the word of God. There's no deliverance that comes like by the word of God. You have got to have the word. You got to have it. You got to have the word of God. Don't take the word of God and put it up and then rely on your own talent and ability. God gave you that ability. God gave you that talent. And if it's going to be anything, it's got to be empowered by the word. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's got to be empowered by the word. It all this thing works. Only because God works. Now watch what happens here. Glory, I just, I'm telling you, you know what? This is such this is such a wonderful lesson. And there's so many things to pull out of this. They took that word and they and they thought they were doing they they maybe they thought that they were doing the right thing, but they but by doing that, guess what? They were lying on their own, relying on their own ability to recount and th these these spiritual things. Why work hard when you can work smart? You got the word, use it. So many of you, your prayer life is in, listen, is it, it's, it is in the garbage because you will not pray the word. You're going off of your own ability. God, I need you to bless me. God, I want you to touch me. God, I need this and God, I need that. But who will say what God has said? You got to learn to speak the word. You got to learn to pray the word. You got to rely on the word when you can't go nowhere else. Don't go to the left and don't go to the right. But say, for God, I live. And for God, I'm dying. I'm going to stand on that word. I'm not going nowhere. And when they try to tell you, like the devil tried to tell Jesus to jump down, you can say it is written. But if you leave the word, what you going to say? What are you really going to say? I understand full well thy word. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. But you know what? You, you, Some of you, you're not even there because you ain't even reading the word. You have got to dust off the word. You got to do it. 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 And the Lord wants you to do that. He wants you to do that. So Jehoiakim, so here's the thing. So they take this word and, and they give this. 
they 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 re they rehearse it. Now I want you to watch what happens in verse 21. So the king sent Jehudai to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishima the scribe's chamber. And Jehudai read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the princes which stood before the king. Now I want you to watch what happened. These officials decided they won't go take the word to the king, but they was gonna put the word up. But for the king, it wasn't good enough. The king ended up sending Jehudai to go and get that word. Now, I want you to understand something. Je Jehoiakim is a bad king, and you're going to see that in just in just a moment. But there are some spiritual illustrations that we that we can pull from this that are applicable to you, to our walk today. Now, here's the thing. The, the scribes, they take the word, um, the word by memory, because they took it and put it in another scribe's room. But when they brought it and they told the king the words, that wasn't what the king needed and it wasn't what the king wanted. So the king sent and went for the actual, I want the whole thing. Brothers and sisters, I hope you understand and I hope you hear. We touched on it last week. I'm going to touch on it again. It is not, listen, the power is in the word. You listen, stop leaving the word on the sideline. Stop leaving it in the room. Stop leaving it on the sideline. You have got to get the word out and you've got to use the word. See, some of you want some, you're looking, you're dealing with people and you want to see a positive change, a spiritual change in them. But you're afraid of giving them what the word exactly says because you think that it might be too harsh or that they might not be able to handle it. You got to understand you were saved by the word. So how what gives you the right to curate and decide who needs and who doesn't need the word of God? You needed the word of God the way it was written in order to save your filthy soul. And the person that you're working on needs the word the way the word is written to save their filthy soul. I need it for my filthy soul. We've got, listen, it is the word that cleans us. Do you understand that? It's the word. It is the word. And if you're looking to start making some traction in your witnessing, stop witnessing without the word. Do you understand? I'm going to say it again. Stop witnessing without the word. Stop trying to achieve holiness without the word. The word is the instruction and the guidelines for holiness. You got to have it. You man, I'm ma sir. You got to have it. It don't work any other way. It won't. It will not work any other way. So the king tells him, no, 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 no. Go, go, Jehudai, Jehudai, go, go, go get that scroll. I don't want what somebody is telling me. I want to read it. I want to see it for myself. You need to understand. See, the difference is, is you, let me tell you why something about the word of God that you may not know that you, what well, you probably have known, but you may not have always realized. This is why it's real. It's really important for you to get into the habit and stay in the habit of using the word of God and not just relying on you, 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 you know, read script. You listen, because you have to understand when you put, when, when you tie the thing to the scripture, to the word, and you base a thing on the word. See, by nature, people are going to try to wiggle out of anything. They're going to try to come up with any excuse and any reason to say, oh, that don't apply to me. Oh, you know, that ain't for me, this, that, and other. But you got to understand the word of God is impartial and it don't take no prisoners. It hit everybody the same. Everybody the same. Everybody. 
It gets everybody the same. But see, but as long as people think that it's you and it's your version and it sounds like your interpretation, then they can set and often will set themselves to be resistant to whatever it is that you say, because they'll take what you say and they'll rifle it and file it under your opinion. See, when you when you give in the word and and, and it sounds more like your interpretation than act and it then and less like the word, then people you got to understand people who are already in sin are looking many times are looking for an excuse to stay in sin. It is the law of God, the word of God that shines the light on sin. And when you put tie it to the word of God, you subtract yourself out of the equation and you leave that person standing front and center with God Almighty. Now they argument, now they frustration is no longer with you. It's with the word of God. And here's the thing. The word of God does not change. I person start balking enough and making, kicking up enough dust. I could be subject to be like, well, you know what? Uh, I, I, I could end up changing what I, what I'm saying. I, I could be I could be so unstable in my own belief that as soon as it looked like I'm about to offend somebody, then I get to soften in the word of God. How many times does that go on right now? People right now, in order to keep membership in their churches and all other sorts of things, they will soften the word and so that it doesn't prick the conscience. But the word of God don't do none of that. It don't ease nobody's conscience. You, listen, it don't condone nobody's sin and it don't let nobody get away with nothing. Nah, it bring you stand. Listen, it bring you foot. It brings you front line and center with God Almighty, and it tasks you with straightening up and flying right. Now that word, that word of God ain't giving nobody no, 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 no free pass at all. You can't argue with the word. That's why you got to use the word. But you, some of us, we don't do it because we're afraid that they're gonna start arguing with us. Listen, that's all right. The Lord already told you to be prepared for that. If they hated him, they're going to hate you. The listen, the servant ain't above the master. You understand that? This is what Jesus taught us. The servant is not above the master. He's not greater than the master. If they didn't like Jesus, what make you think they're about to go around and throw you a party? They didn't throw no party for him. They're not throwing no party for you. They're not throwing no party for me. So there is an element of this walk that guess what? You're going to deal with some persecution. So guess what? Either you are a soldier or you are not. But the woe is me pity party. Oh, I'm afraid because somebody, they're going to be mad at me. Listen, you better figure out whose side you want. And stay right there. Because if God be God, then serve him. But if all this other trash out there be God, then you go on and serve that. But whatever you do, get out the way. Because God's work is coming through. And either you're going to get on board or you're going to get run over by it. But God's will and only his will going to be done. That's it. That's it. So don't give people a version of the word, give them the word, because that's what's that. Listen, that's where the power is. That's what's going to happen. That's what you can tie to that. Listen, that's guaranteed. That is set in stone. It's written. Amen. It's written. It is written. So the king goes and gets this and we're going to wrap this up here. The king goes and gets it. And look at this. I told you this king was ridiculous. And I told you, I told you that. I told you that. And now you're about to see firsthand the ridiculousness.
verse 22. Now the king sat in the winter house. So now he, listen, he, he in his second house. He, I mean, he in his, he in his vacation home. Listen, he in his vacation home. He in his winter house. Watch this. In the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth. And the hearth in those days was the central fire within the home to bring warmth and cooking and all these different things. That was the place for that. So it was the center. It oftentimes was the was the center um, of, of, of a home. Amen. Okay. So so the king is in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. There's a fire burning. Watch this. Watch this. 23. And it came to pass that when Jehudai had read three or four leaves, he cut it with a penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Now, I want you to understand something. The hearth represents the center or the core of a home. So if we were to, to take this and apply it to us, then perhaps the hearth would, rep, would represent your the core of your desires, your ethics, your morals, the way you see things, okay? Okay. You, your, your, your morality. Okay. The center of you. This is the aspect of you whereby you base everything else on. You live by this. You understand you govern your life by this. Now watch what happens here. The Bible says that as they read three or four leaves, now you'd understand the Bible. Now the scripture here was not written in on a book in a book form as we have today bound in a book it was written on a scroll and so the leaves that they're talking about okay would be the equivalent of as you unroll that scroll what happened was 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 that these these leaves are chap would could be considered chapters if you will so what would happen is is that the king i want you to get this picture in your mind the king pulls out a knife tells them to go ahead tells Jehudai to start reading. Jehudai starts to read. And after if so three or four chapters or sections that he reads, the king decides that he going to get rid of it. So every time the Jehudai reads three or four, the king takes a knife and cuts that three or four off. So he's tearing up the roll. He's tearing up the word. He starts to cut it off and he throws it into the fire. In other words, he puts it, in other words, he, he, he allows what is the central, the, the core of his home to consume the word. So in essence, what he did was, in essence, if we bring this up to us or whatnot, and he does this all until the entire scroll is burned. All of it has been consumed. The word of God has been consumed 
by I, me, and my. What I want, what I decide, who I'm going to be, the way I'm going to live. I don't want God's word. I don't want his way. I don't want his path. I don't want his walk. I don't want anything. And so it doesn't matter. I am going to get rid of it. Why? Because what I want is going to be greater than what he wants for me. So he allows his own desire, his own thing. I don't want the word. I don't need the word. I am going to cut it and I'm going to burn it. I want to ask somebody, is that your story? What has God given you that you are getting rid of? Because God spoke in some word. God has sent you the scripture. And in your life, you are taking the same attitude and the same stance that Jehoiakim took. When you are taking the word of God that is designed to correct you and stabilize you and deliver you. And because you don't want to do it, but you'd rather have your own thing, you are taking the will and the word of God and you are burning it out of your life. And I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now. You're going too far. What are you, you what have you done with the word of God? What are you doing with the word of God? Have you turned that blind of an eye? Has your neck become that stiff? Has your head become that hard that you are going to take the words that are meant to deliver you and you're going to burn it because you'd rather have what you already have or what the world is offering rather than have what God has? How long are you going to continue to cut away chapter after chapter of the word of God just so you can live according to this world. You don't know what you're doing. But it's not going to end well. Brothers and sisters, I thank you for going with me on this journey up to this point. We will continue, hopefully, Lord willing, to wrap this up um, in the next lesson or two. This has been lesson number six in phase two of addendums to our life story. Share this with somebody. Don't just don't decide who needs and who does. Don't do that, but take it and share it and watch what God will do. Brothers and sisters, until next time, we're going to go ahead and stop the recording here.